In today's Firestorm show, we are joined by Stephen Casey, lawyer from Austin, Texas, powerful intercessor. He is going to share with us how to destroy the works of the devil daily, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth every day, making power evangelism normal. That's Stephen's normal life. Listen to this show and he'll show you how he does it, activate you to do the same. So excited to share with you testimonies of real contemporary. These are things that are happening every single day with regular believers that are just like you, that the Lord, you know, his spirit, he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will dream dreams. Your your old men will see visions. You know, this is glorious. This is coming. This is happening. It's happening right now. And there are uh, just a contingency of folks, we call them firestormers, that are regular believers, I always say just like you, who as a normal part of their day, as a normal part of their life, they are being available to Holy Spirit. They're being available to the voice of their Father, which we perceive in our heart. Um, and they are praying for people in the world as the as they go about their day. You know, it says in Matthew 10, as you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Jesus didn't say pray for the sick. He said heal the sick. He didn't say try to cast out a devil. He said do it. Well, is that real? Is that something that comes with this package when you pray to receive Jesus? I'm going to show you testimonies from lots of folks that are saying, yeah, this is actually actively going on right now in the grocery store with me today. This is going on as with the dishwasher repairman in my kitchen right now. This is happening out front of my roller skating rink on Saturday night when someone says, yeah, can you pray that the, the demons would leave? Absolutely. We can do that right now. And we did. So there's going to be cool testimony. So I want to introduce to you. This is my friend. We've been friends for many years. So I'd like to introduce to you Stephen Casey. Stephen is, I said, a dear friend. I've known Stephen for more than 15 years. uh, And he's actually in Austin, Texas. So we are um, not live in studio. We are live over the phone. Thank you for technology, Lord. And Stephen, thank you for being here, my friend. Can you hear me? Are we there yet? I can okay. hear you. Yes, sorry. Yes, I'm so thankful, Scott, to be here. Can we get that? And uh, to be able to share with, and encourage uh, and, and and exhort you know, other believers that uh, there, are, there are so many ways they can function in the kingdom of God and yeah. uh, to, to get activated. Let's activate people, my man. So I'm just so, I want to say, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so thankful that you're my friend and we've been friends <clears> for a long time. But I also, we knew each other before all this. We knew each other when we were just, just I'd say regular Christians. We're in church. We said the prayer. We're in ministry. You're ministering. I'm ministering. Um, You're a lawyer from Regent University. That's where we met. Just clarify who is Stephen Casey. Stephen, um, what's your day job? What do you do, man? Um, I'm a lawyer that keeps the lights on. (laughs) Um, You know, you and I both went to law school. Yeah. Um, and I'm general counsel and CEO of uh, CEO of a tech company and general counsel for about half a dozen other companies. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm a father of five. I, I office, um, you know, from my home or you know other people's offices. I go to the grocery store like everybody else. It's <laughs> a it's a it's a um, it's a life that I'm blessed. I've been mar- married um, married uh, to a wonderful wife for 27 years now and. It's just, you know, function throughout the day. It's just a typical, typical life. You sound very standard. You sound very normal. And the reason I I share that. You're special. You are special. But for our listeners, I just want to read you. So Stephen and I have been friends for many years. And when we both got activated a little bit more than three years ago now, Stephen, we would text each other whenever God would do something cool. And we call that blood on the sword. That's right. Can you explain? So I would get a text 
And uh, I have a litany of them right here from you over the last week and a half. But can you explain, it, we would head our text to each other, blood on the sword. What does blood on the sword mean? Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, you and I are martial artists. Um, the uh, And, and, and uh, the fact is I, I, I learned martial arts from you. Yes. Uh, so you probably get a, a longer historical explanation. But uh, as I do it, it's that you and I, when we, um, you know, the Bible, First John, it says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Um, in a very martial sense, we look at that as spiritual warfare, swords, shields. And I, um, when we go out and engage in battle, you're going to get blood on your sword, and that's, that's evidence, kind of like a dirty baseball uniform, shows that you've been in the dirt. You've been sliding the base. You've been making plays. And so uh, I started, I, you and I started doing that with each other. Um, I think you were the first one to do that, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it sounded like a pretty cool way for us to encourage each other in yeah. activation. And yeah. so when these things happen, it's very easy for me to shoot off a text to you with just blood on the sword and then a quick one-sentence summary of what happened so that we can remind each other constantly, as the Bible tells us, you know, Hebrews uh, 10.25, you know, to, to don't forsake meeting together and encourage each other, encouraging each other toward good works. Amen. And so that's what I look at it like, is that... Uh, I'm out here in, in Austin, you're in Virginia Beach, but the Holy Spirit, who's omnipresent, is, is wanting us to connect because of our humanness, our tendency to, if we don't keep our, uh, what, what Paul says in uh, Philippians, uh, you know, keeping our eye on the, on the higher calling, the prize for which God called us in Christ Jesus, um, is, is living this Christian life how he wanted to under the Great Commission. Amen. And so uh, it's an encouragement. Yeah, so let me just give our listeners, this is just a couple of weeks, all right? This is some of the text. I'm just going through my text stream from you, Stephen. Here's some of the text that I've gotten in just the last couple of weeks, okay? (laughs) And we're going to talk about as many of these testimonies as you want. And they're flooding in all the way up to this morning. So actually, before I read this, how often would you say you are praying for people in the public square as part of your normal life like how many times a day yeah. a week a month what how many times in a period it's 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 daily daily it's it's daily um it doesn't ever um i, I don't, since i said god um you know show me these things and i will you know i'll walk in obedience to you um because it's about you and it's not about me god doesn't cease to show this to me and and i would say this the more i do it the more i grow in it the more I grow in it, I see God removing obstacles in my life and, and really um, it's flowing faster and faster and faster. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, it's propelled me in, in, in uh, I don't want to say more. It doesn't sound humble to say he's sanctifying me more, but I just feel his hand on me more yeah. and uh, see his evidences in my life more. Um, there's a way to say that without, you know, in, in, the, in, in, what, in our Christian lives, you know, there's this tendency to do what the world does and look to the left and the right, you know. Oh, I'm progressing in sanctification. That must mean I'm X, Y, Z better than this person. But that's not it. No. It's just being and abiding in him. And then he'll show you opportunity, and you obediently follow it. Yeah. So here's, a, here's just a, a smattering of things that you've sent me in the last month. Uh, hey, happy Independence Day. Had some healing on a blind eye today. Prayed about 12 or 13 times and faith grew. So you're seeing blind eyes open. A couple days later, blood on the sword. Two guys just installed our dishwasher. One guy's short leg grew out before our eyes. One of the guys knows Jesus. He got his hips healed from arthritis. The other guy doesn't know Jesus, but he's going to get ministered to his to by his co-worker. Let me just mm-hmm. move down. Uh, Blood on the sword, brother, had a kidney recipient have all of his donated kidney rejection go away. He's operating now at 100% with no kidney rejection. Moving down. Um, here we go. Here's a cool one. Let's, let's talk about this one. Ha. Blood on the sword. Did a call yesterday with Apple. To explore the new tech, you had mentioned that you're, you have a tech startup company, to explore the new tech and see how to be more efficient with their products. On the call, was able to pray for the woman, and she experienced pain relief from back, chest, and neck pain. She's a former heart attack patient. Okay. I'm just going to pull that one out of the hat. I, well, I'm, no, no, I got to keep going. More blood on the sword. Um, young man came to Jesus today. Uh, entered the kingdom of God. Uh, had Oh. 
had a guy's hand get healed, extended his range of motion after it had been atrophied from a gunshot wound. Uh, just this morning, blood on the sword, guys back at healed at HEB in the produce section. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you, which of those do you want to talk about? That's just a smattering in the last three weeks so or four I, weeks I, now. I think it's kind of interesting, that one where the kid came to the kingdom of God and then the guy's hand got healed, that sequence. That was really interesting. Okay, so let's talk about the guy with the gunshot wound to the hand. You sent me this yeah. uh, day before yesterday. So um, yeah, Saturday. What's yep. going on with this? Is this man is an avid guitar player? Shot his hand about a year ago. Several surgeries. Uh, tell me more. Tell us what's going on. What God do? Yeah, um, you know, I just. <laughs> I just come from eating on the text before where the guy came to the Lord, and I was just such joy as I'm driving from that location. I was like, thank you, Father, for, for you know, using me to grow your kingdom. And then I, and I come in there, and I'm sharing. I'm just in such joy. So I share with my friend. I'm like, look what God just did. Uh, come and see what God has done, really. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and, and then I'm ashamed, you know, I shook his hand. And I remembered, you know, he had had a um, an accidental discharge when he was he was cleaning one of his firearms uh, the year before, and it had shot, um, basically destroyed the the side of his hand where that bone goes from your wrist to just under your pinky finger. Okay. Had some had some surgeries, a lot of you know pieces and pins and mechanical stuff, and 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 now with all that's all resolved, he's been trying to grow, and I'm like, hey, squeeze my hand. He couldn't squeeze my hand very hard, and I was like, well, what's your range of motion? And he, he held his hands up, you know, one to the other, palm to palm, and stretched his fingers out. And the, the, the distance, you know, if, you, if you're a guitar player, you know, that using that pinky is, you know, it's, that's incredibly important, being able to reach out and get that, you know, that long, that long chord or that long note. And, and he was just discouraged. He's like, it's getting better, but, you know, it's not where it should be, and that's where, it's not where I want it to be. And I was like, well... Let's just pray for it, man. And so we we prayed twice. The first time, not a lot of movement. The second time, complete full restoration of his range of motion. So dramatic that it was a difference. Now you know you're talking about someone's hand. It's like how far does your pinky move? Well, it was about it was about the same distance as other fingers. About one and a half to two centimeters away from his ring finger. After we prayed. It was about four centimeters tip to tip from his ring finger. I mean, dramatic. That is. I mean, he's stretching it out like he's, you know, going for the touchdown, and it went all the way out. And we were blown away. And he's like, oh, my gosh, look at this. I can't believe it. It is so cool. And and then he's moving it, and he's he's like, I'm so excited to go back home and and I said, so you're going to go back home and shred that guitar? He's like, well, not shred, but I'm going to play pretty good. So That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. And Stephen, mm-hmm. my heart for this show, and you and I have talked before, is that I want to make this normal for all believers. I want this to yes. be, this is just what we all walk in. This is a normal part of the day for every single believer. Not because we like to see miracles, although they're cool. It's really exciting. It's a cool adventure. It's not about seeing Mm. miracles. It's about Jesus said, the things that I do, you will do, and greater things. So you're not going to see greater things until you see the same things. So what I attribute, what I compare what you're talking about with the man with the bullet wound to the hand is that's like the lame, right? Stretch out your hand, Jesus says in the synagogue, mm-hmm. right? Stretch out your hand, and and uh, and he does, and his his lame hand, his withered hand, is is restored. Mm-hmm. God's still doing that, but what I love he about is. you, and I don't mean to to be strange about it, but you're you don't have a job with a go to a building with a steeple on top. You don't have a, mm. you know, you're not like an international minister and standing in stadiums and trying to get a book deal. You are a lawyer yeah. with a family and a wife and five kids and you're just doing life. And the Lord is using the regular people is what I'm finding all over the world. He's using the average Christians and he's pouring out his spirit. Can you help me encourage our listeners that this is available to them 
please. Yeah. I want to. I want to take us to His Word, right? So, First Corinthians one twenty seven. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And so, when we come with the world system, right? We come with the world system of, I've got to have a seminary degree. I've got to have a special personality. Mm. I've got to be, you know, someone who walks into a room with boldness. God's <laughs> like, no way. He's <laughs> like, you don't need any of that. He's like, you need me, and you need to know who you are in me and trust me. Uh, just as a little kid trusts their parent whenever they jump off the side of the pool into the water. He, oh, you're going to catch me, Dad, right? Absolutely, I will. You just need to obey and just jump out and trust me. Um, yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't take anything special to do that because God grows you in this task. I mean, look at this. For example, to say how you know, like unique it is, 2018, was it July, around July 2018, June 2018, when you and I I? started doing this very regularly, I had already graduated um, seminary back in 2008. So in a decade with, you know, a a master's level degree of biblical knowledge, one of my undergrad majors was biblical studies. So if you think that all that stuff was the necessary ingredient. It wasn't because I went 10 years without even walking in this manner. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, and the times that I do this, there's nothing about kind of like the biblical knowledge aspect of it that is, that has really impacted it. It's simply, Father, you're going to impress upon my heart an, an urge, emotion, you know, a, a feeling. And I'm going to learn how to listen to that better by stepping out. And and if I think that I'm going to do it perfectly 100 percent of the time, no. But it's it's it doesn't reflect upon me. If there's no, it's not this high pressure sales where mm. I'm going to have to get someone in a headlock and eat the word evangelism means that they're going to pray a prayer. It's not at all. It's loving on people the way Jesus loved. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but through the world through him might be saved because Jesus. Was here. He was the beautiful love advertisement of God for eternal life. Exchange everything that you've done, and give me all your junk, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll come into your life. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to let you know how lovely and beautiful I am. And, and many, 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 many times, how that happens is by Him healing you, or serving you, or doing something from a willing believer who's being obedient. Okay, so I love the obedience side because, you know, as I coach people in this, um, really around the country, I'll be outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania next week doing this for a few days. I often hear pretty much the same thing. It's almost everybody has the same concerns. They're scared. They've never really prayed for somebody outside of a, you know, a safe faith community. I'll pray for people in church, but I've never prayed for anybody like behind me in line at a Starbucks that they're concerned about that and then they're concerned about this what do i do if god doesn't show up that's what they're they're saying if i pray for them and that person doesn't get healed what do i do and i always teach and i'd love for you to speak on obedience here because you're just so such an obedient vessel you are um i always say it's not about results it's about obedience jesus said heal the sick He never said, pray for the sick. Jesus said, cast out devils. In fact, it says in Mark, these signs will follow those who believe. They'll cast out devils. So the first sign of a believer is they'll cast out devils. You know, we joke sometimes like, oh, you want to join the church? Well, the first step is you got to cast out a devil. We got three guys down in the basement that are, you know, demonized and we're going to let them out. And, you know, if you can cast out the devil, you can join the church. It's a funny joke. But at the same time, the reality is these signs will follow those who believe. All we're doing mm-hmm. is being obedient to go and do what our Father, what Jesus told us to do. So talk mm-hmm. to me more about what obedience looks like in praying, being that love in action and praying for people in the world. How do you see that well, obedience uh, working out? Yeah, and I've seen it. I, let's just play it out a couple of different ways. The first way, let's assume... That you're that you he, hear, for example, I'm walking through the store, and what I've um, 
Actually, let me back up even further. The disciples spent three years with Jesus, right? And the word disciple really comes in, is important here, because in order to, 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 to be, you know, the 12 disciples and the other followers that Jesus had that were disciples, not, you know, what we say, the 12 apostles, they had to make a conscious choice. They had to say, I'm going to follow you. What that meant is I'm going to imitate you. Mm. I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to see you do something, and I'm going to go repeat it and imitate it, right? Okay, so wait. So, so what I hear you're saying is, and this might be radical for some, we yeah. don't just follow the words of Jesus. You know, he said, yes. do this, don't do that, love your enemies, do good to those that persecute you. You know, he said all yeah. these things. So what you're saying is that the works of Jesus are also um, example to us? We're not just supposed to do the words, but we're actually supposed to do the works? We do do the works, and we do that in the context of a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. I mean, the disciples, if if this were a, a situation where there was not a learning process and not a learning curve, then Jesus would have said, okay, hey, Andrew, hey, you know, Peter, James, John, nice to meet you, now go do something, and there would have been like an hour conversation between them, and they would have never connected with Jesus for the rest of the three years. So they saw from him, they learned from him, they did the same works, and they got better. Think about that, right? <laughs> when they started doing it, they were better off doing it because just like in a battle, a battle-hardened warrior is a lot more swift with the sword three years of experience than the first day he steps foot out on the battlefield. Yeah. So, since, you know, after doing this probably very intentionally since 2018, I have more experience in this than I did uh, three years ago. Yes. Well, without question. Let's... And, and so that takes care of the situations of the new, the new person. Right. What do, I, what do I look at? What do I need to experience? Well, here's a very helpful thing. Find out someone who's doing this and learn from them. Right, follow follow what Jesus did. If no one else is around you, just go to the Bible, go to His Word, and see what Jesus did. But if someone is around you and they're more a little more bold, then walk with them, and you will encourage they will encourage you to be bold. Um, that's that's one avenue. That's that's the the, the person who's kind of shy. Yeah. Um, to the to the person, the next step is someone who goes out there and let's say it's their first time pray for something, and they say, well, you know. I saw God, like, for example, for me, when, I, when I'm seeing someone and I notice, like, their elbow or their shoulder or their back, and if I can't, in my, my experiences, if I can't wipe that out of my mind, quite often that's God telling me to pray for that, to pray for them and ask them if they have maybe pain or an issue in that body part. But I've gone to someone and I said, hey, can I pray for your shoulder? I think, you know, Jesus might be telling me your shoulder's hurting, or I feel him telling me that. They're like, no, my shoulder isn't hurting, but you can pray for my back. I love that. And I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, that's great. Or they say, I don't have any pain at all, but you can pray for me. Um, that winds up being an instance where I am bearing witness to Jesus. I'm bearing witness to his love for them. And that becomes a prophetic word over them of his love and how he died for them. And I'm moving the ball forward in evangelism. They don't have to, they don't have to come and do a, a, a sinner's prayer and confession right there. That's just more watering on the seed or, or a specific planting of a seed that, that through a gestational process in the Spirit is going to give birth at, at, at God's appointed at just time, the right time to someone into his kingdom. Yeah, let's talk about, like you said, moving the ball forwards. Let's talk about, let's just use a football analogy. You and I have yeah. talked about this a little bit before in that the model that I had learned, and I learned it from, you know, through my ordination process and just what I saw in the church was pretty much every play, the target is the touchdown. Every play, yep. the goal is to get them to say the prayer, lead them to the Lord in fullness, call it a sinner's prayer, call it whatever. But the goal is every contact is to get them to commit to Jesus. And mm -hmm. what the Lord has taught me, and I'm believing what you're going to share is the goal is to be love and just move the ball down the field. So although every football play is designed to be a touchdown, hopefully, how yeah. many are? <laughs> well, that's true, right? It's it's a um, it is a battle. 
you're battling spiritual forces, um, and your job may solely consist of, that is the fourth Christian I've seen in the last week and a half that has prayed for me. Mm -hmm. And that convinces them that Jesus is real and that he really loves them. And then it was those four times that it took to convince them, rather than the one time or the second time or the third time. And if you're not content with with simply being part of the process, then you actually will, you actually, I think, can, in some ways, be detrimental because then you're you're kind of arguing them in the kingdom. You're like, well, you you sure. will pray this prayer now, and they're not ready. Yeah, you're not you're not on God's agenda. You're on your own agenda because, you know, like the the was it the Western Protestant work ethic wants to see numbers and totals and values <laughs> and metrics. Yeah, and God's like. Those are good, and they have their place, but that's not, that, that is not, you know, you're not peeking in on the heaven scoreboard. That's right. the human scoreboard, and it's not a score-driven situation. It's a love-driven situation. You know, I've got a um, young woman that works for me, and she and her husband are going to have a baby. She's going to have a baby soon, and I, I love the analogy used of gestation. So if I mm-hmm. went to her, um, you know, she's nearly you know ready to deliver but let's say i went to her at five months pregnant and i said to her hey you know isn't it gonna be great you know when you can hold this baby in your arms oh you're having a little girl it's gonna be amazing oh yeah 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 it's gonna be great can you just you know can you just imagine how wonderful that's gonna be oh yeah it's gonna be great hey well why don't we why don't we get you know get you in in labor right now so you can you can you know have that baby and she'd yeah. say, no, right? We, we would all obviously, no, it's not time yet. Well, we don't know the gestational time for people that the Lord brings mm-hmm. before us. To assume yes. that it is you know, somehow within us to make that decision, I think is dangerous. What, yes. if, what if the answer is just be love in that situation, water, plant seeds or water, and honestly, Holy Spirit is given the ministry of the harvest. We're not given the ministry of the harvest. Jesus yeah, says, pray right. to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send more laborers. But we're not the mm-hmm. harvester. The Holy Spirit gets the glory of the harvest. So when we do see someone come to the Lord, it's glorious. And you see it very regularly. I love that. And we, I, I want to get back to some of your testimonies uh, just as teaching I, I points. That, I think that's right. The, I mean, you're, you're, you're basically saying 1 Corinthians 3. What after all is a three uh, five right? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Mm-hmm. Only servants through whom he came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. It didn't say God has been making it spontaneously become a plant the moment the seed was planted, right? right? It doesn't say that, yeah. and, and uh, God makes it grow. Yeah. Well, I want to get back to some of your testimonies. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert. It is my honor every week to share with you testimonies of regular believers that are being the hands and feet of Jesus. They are moving in love every day as part of their regular lives. They are seeing people saved in the public square. They're seeing people rededicate their lives. They're seeing families back together. They're seeing people supernaturally healed. They're seeing demons jump out of people seriously, just like in the Bible, as a normal part of their regular life. I bring guests on and we share those testimonies. Why? To encourage you that this is available to every single believer. And my guest tonight is Stephen Casey from Austin, Texas. And Stephen, you were just sharing a testimony at the beginning. I want to recap it quickly. Uh, you came in contact. Let's just roll it back to um, you were able to pray with a young man who received Jesus. Um, he, where was that? And then ro- roll with that one into what God did next with the yeah, next guy. So yeah, I, I was I was eating at a, a, a counter at a, at a Chinese restaurant, and uh, the guy comes in. Uh, and I was, I was sitting there and, and I very regularly, one of the things that I feel is very easy to do is pray with the server who serves me. And, and it's contextually driven, you know, if they're very busy, you know, what latch them to your table. Yeah. Um, but I was the only one there. And so I started praying for the guy who was, who had served me. 
and we prayed for his shoulders and his back and his legs and his feet, and all the pain went away. Okay, let, and so just before you go on to that, can you just clarify that? Maybe just replay yeah. it. How would you intro that, and then yeah. what did that prayer sound like so our listeners can kind of get a model? Yeah, so, so they, he's so your the, server. Um, mm-hmm. the, the guy serves me, and he, said, he says, here's your food, and I said, Thank you very much. And I said, I appreciate it, because it was, came out really, really quick, and I was kind of in a hurry. I said, I appreciate this so much. Um, I'm about to, I said, I'm about to thank God for my food. Is there any way I could pray for you while I'm talking with God? I said, because he answers me so, so much because he loves me and he loves you, and I, I want to be able to pray for you if there's anything you need. Now, this young man happened to be a, a Christian, and he said, oh, you, totally, you can pray for me. And he's like, uh... I've got, uh, you know, I've got some pain in my back, and I said, just your back? He's like, no, my shoulders and my back um, and, and my knees. And so we prayed, and uh, that pain went away. What does that prayer sound right What away. did that prayer sound like? Um, I was real short. I was mean, like, Father, thank you for and, and, um, this, this man, and I thank you for loving him. I thank you for who he is and how thrilled you are to love on him. And I, I pray right now in the authority of Jesus Christ, and I speak directly to his back and his shoulders and his knee, uh, and, and I command them to line up in Jesus' name the way you made them. All pain go in Jesus' name. Amen. That's how long it was. Okay. Very short. wasn't like a long, drawn-out prayer, and the, the pain went away, but the pain remained on his ankle, his left ankle. And so then we prayed again. He's like, well, I still got pain in my left ankle. He's like, that was awesome. And so it goes away, and he's, he's just thrilled, right? Well, and what I didn't know, this is pretty amazing, that his family owned the restaurant. So he's a server. It's a Saturday night. And his brother is attending the counter. So he goes off into the back, and his brother's remaining. And I introduced myself to his brother, and we started talking. I said, hey, man. And I didn't know they were brothers. I said, hey, Jesus just healed that guy. That was awesome. He's like, yeah, that was amazing. And I said, let's, uh, anything I can pray for you, Jesus will, Jesus will answer your prayer right now. And, and he, his prayer request was more of stress related to school, and he played on the soccer team, and he wanted to, he said, I want to play, I want to be respected, but I don't have to be the best person in the field. And I got that, that kind of stress of how do, I, how do I act when I play on the soccer team? Hmm. And so we prayed for that because there's not stuff that God doesn't care about in your life. So we prayed. You know, I, obviously, I probably wasn't going to see a result right there because he's not on the soccer field. While that had happened, right, a guy had come up and placed his order with the older brother. This man, I didn't know him for anybody, he was sitting to the left of me as I was praying for the second young man, and as I had prayed for the first man. Actually, no, I prayed for the first man, and this guy came up afterwards and took his order from the older brother. Okay, This younger brother then is sitting there, this man that says leans over and says, "You know what? I couldn't help but overhear y'all praying. I just want to tell y'all how how Jesus saved my life twice in the last six months." And he says he healed me from cancer like three months ago, and then two months ago I was on a hospital bed getting ready to be put on a ventilator from COVID, and he healed me right away. I just want to tell you that Jesus is real. And that was, I was unplanned. I had, like, no idea that was going to happen. Was he an angel? I was like, <laughs> Did you ask him? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. But it was, it was amazing, and he left. Okay. And then God says to my spirit, this young man, he said, he is ready. That's what I heard. That's what I felt. He is ready. So I said, you know, I said to his name, I said, that was pretty awesome. Now, Jesus just healed your brother? And this guy just said how Jesus healed him. I said, I want to ask you, does Jesus live inside you? He's like, I, I can't say that he does. Now, what I did not know, that his, they, both of these families went to a local church, but as, as the business had increased in the church, he hadn't gone to church in about a year. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, if you ask him right now, he will come in, he will live inside you, he will take all, away all the guilt, shame, and pain for everything you've done. He will give you his love, and he will save you so that you will be with him in heaven when you die. You will be able right now to have the Holy Spirit living inside you, to guide your life, to love on you. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Let's go ahead and do that right now. And I said, would you like to do it right now? He said, absolutely. 
So we prayed. I said, I'm, I'm going to say these words, but this is you talking to God. And so he bowed his head, and I could, after I said something, he would repeat it kind of in a quiet, more prayerful, under-his-breath type of tone. And then after we were done, he, he opened his eyes, as bright, had a smile on his face. And then the other guy came out, and that's when I found out they were brothers. Okay. I was like, hey, this guy, this your coworker, just has Jesus in his heart. And, and he's like, oh, that's awesome. And so he gives him a hug, and he... Uh, he says, yeah, he's my brother, and he's a year and a half younger than me. And, and I did that, you know, I did that you know, a couple of years ago, and now he's about the age I was. Amen. So it's tremendous yeah. right then. And just I've going thought, Man, to eat at a Chinese God. restaurant. <laughs> yep, just across the counter at a Chinese restaurant. Yep. I was sitting kind of at the bar area. Mm-hmm. And, and so then I go from that, and I'm on cloud nine. As I was driving off, this is weird because it felt so effortless. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I'm sweating bullets and... It just felt so effortless. So as I'm driving off, and I was only going about a mile and a half away. Okay. I uh, actually less than that. I'm in the car, and then the devil starts plaguing me with thoughts. He's like, "Was that real? Was that? Did, was that? Was that genuine? Did that kid really come to faith?" No, oh, it's too easy. so the enemy, right? right? He comes so in. Has God truly said? Have a negative pep rally right yeah. after this kid comes to the Lord, and and so that's when I come into the. Um, our church was having a talent night, and, and so it was a tech rehearsal, and one of the guys at the tech rehearsal was the gentleman who, um, as I said to the um, earlier on the show, had injured his hand in a, with an accidental firearm discharge where he was cleaning his gun. Oh, wow. And, and Yeah, so go ahead and tell broken, it again in case people didn't hear it at the beginning. So um, he's, a, he's a musician, or he was, played the guitar, but he... Um, he shot himself in the hand accidentally, has had a bunch of surgeries, right? Yeah. And where is he at now as far as pain or movement or impingement? or? So, so he's doing physical therapy. He doesn't have a real secure grip on his right hand. He is, um, sorry, his left hand, because he's a right-handed guitar player, so he frets the, frets the neck with his left hand. And he's a very good guitar player. You know, he downplays it to me. But yeah, he's about three different guitars. Um, and, and plays very, very well. And so, and I've known him for about a year, year and a half. And so we go in there and, and, you know, just regularly check in on him. He's like, Hey, how's your hand doing? Cause he had had just some, some more of the terminal type surgeries. And they're like, well, you know, from here on out, it's just going to be physical therapy and whatever, you know, whatever happens, that's as far as we can take you surgically. And so he spread his hand out for me. And if you think about it, if you hold your hand in front of your face and you kind of spread out your fingers a little bit, your pinky spreads out a little bit more than you get between the rest of your fingers. It's yeah, kind of I'm off doing there it right an now. angle. I'm doing well, it right now in the studio. really, really close to his ring finger. Only about two centimeters separated the tip between his ring finger and his pinky finger, the tips of his fingers. And I was like, well, I just told, I shared what had just happened. I said, I'm still just on a high. But I said, but you know what? The Holy Spirit's everywhere. And so let's pray for your hand right now. And, and he's like, okay, let's do it. So we pray for his hand once, and nothing happened, right? And, okay. and, he, and he kind of started to do the, what I see quite often, is this one-and-done yeah. expectation, which is sometimes happens. Like, sometimes happens. Like the guy at the counter, the older brother at the counter, I prayed the very first time, all the back pain, all the, all the shoulder pain, and his knee pain went away the first time, but his ankle pain didn't. So it's spiritual warfare, you know? I mean, I think about, like, playing a little 1980s video game where you get these experience points, you know, oh, well, I, you know, I've, I've fought this enemy before, I can dispatch them with these, but the first time I fought them, it was kind of hard. So, you know, in this instance, we prayed once and nothing happened, but I always say it to people. It's like a workout. When you go to the gym, you just don't do one repetition under the weights and you say, you know, slap your hands together. I guess that's it. I'm done. Hmm. I'm like, let's lean into it. So we prayed, and the second time it happened, his hand matched exactly, his injured hand matched exactly with his uninjured hand. Completely stretched out, no difference between the range of motion between the two. When, for the last six months, I've been seeing this very narrow, non-functional hand that is not going to be able to stretch out and play guitar. And in a moment, the Lord returns all of his movement, takes away his pain also. Is his pain gone too? Um, yep. 
No, I mean, he was, he was relatively pain-free at this time. Okay. But still, you know, when you stretch your muscle, it's kind of painful to stretch it. But to his mind, to his mind, and the look on his face was kind of a, a resignation after that first prayer. Hmm. Right? Like, this is it. I guess I'm living with this. It's okay. And, and sometimes, you know, God takes what the enemy does and walks us through that to teach us stuff. But that's not the final answer. And, and I don't think that God wants to sit around and just accept that as the final answer. Because um, if I would have not prayed, you know, what, what, what would have happened? I don't know, because I'm, I'm not I'm omniscient, but I do know that God commanded us in obedience to trust him and to walk as Jesus walked. And Jesus said, I'm here to destroy the works of the devil. And the devil obviously doesn't want his hand injured. Yeah. So we prayed, and the second time, it wasn't this, and it wasn't a... Um, it wasn't like, you know, I saw his kind of hand bionically, one na 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 just <laughs> stretching out. He just put his hands up, and boom. It was, it was as if he didn't have the, the atrophied part of it. It was as if he had that full range of motion automatically. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's Jesus in the synagogue with the guy with the shriveled hand, right? Hey, come stand <laughs> exactly. here, stretch out your hand. And what, what I love about this is, um, well, if you could kind of, detail or define how did you pray what did that sound like and again for for our listeners this is not a formula this is not like magic words it's your heart is in a position of love you might you know the lord loves you and the lord loves the person that needs prayer it is not his will that any would be lost uh he is a good god he is, does not come to steal kill or destroy that's our enemy so you get your heart in a position like that, of that kind of love. But then mm-hmm. what does that prayer sound like so that we can get a model? That second, a, first or second yeah. prayer? Yeah, I mean, is it, my, my buddy's name, his name's Rick. And I said, like, Father, I thank you so much for Rick. And I thank you for how much you love him. And I, I pray over his hand. I pray against the, in, the the enemy and the damage the enemy wants to, to stop him from playing guitar, and I and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your your ability to heal and your presence and willingness. And so I command His hand right now. I said, number one, I said all all muscular tension go away. I said all ligaments loosen, all a muscle be restored right now in Jesus' name. Amen. That was it. Yeah. Uh, and it comes and, right and, into love. And, and his authority. In authority, right? yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to encourage us, too, and, and that, and you and I were talking about this last, I think, two weeks ago. You know, we see these, and we're like, wow, you know, these, 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 uh, these externally dramatic miracles. And we're like, wow. You know, God also does the most amazing internally dramatic ones, too. Mm-hmm that that lead us to greater identity. Um, when I shared with you about my friend who his he had just a, a distant father who kind of required him to perform in order to be loved. And praying over him and, and praying for release in him of an understanding of how much God loves him and who he is. And then he sends me a text message at like six thirty in the morning that he woke up after after, you know, thanking God for loving him and praying over him and laying hands on him and praying for a new sense of identity. And he comes out with this spiritual identity. He's like, look, I don't feel like I have to perform for God to love me anymore. And he's been trapped in that for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. yeah when you get a, amazing also. When you get and a I revelation just, of God's goodness and how much he loves yes. you, it's really, yes. it is a revelation. The Holy Spirit drops it into your, into your spirit and it's like mm. they pu- he pulls the pin on the grenade, and when that goes <laughs> off, right, it's not because of academic understanding. It's not even because of experiential understanding. There is a right. supernatural event that occurs when Holy Spirit goes poof and reveals something. And you're just talking uh, it, about yeah. revealing sonship. I, I think it's so right, and one of the things that you, you, you say quite often, and I think, you know, for— for people that are listening to this to hear, is that this stuff originates from our identity, mm. both uh, you know in in walking in this and understanding how we what we have in this. I, I was I was looking at just uh, before the show. 
um, and there's a couple ways to, to, to analogize this. If you were a police officer, so I live in Austin, Round Rock technically, but if I went to the Round Rock police chief, enough of us a Round Rock police officer, and I said, hey, chief, call him up on the phone, I, I, I see someone breaking into a house. And, and you know, he's maybe it's like the mid-shift, and he's, you know, it's like 12 o'clock, and he's in bed. He'd be like, well, why are you calling me? And he'd be like, what does the, the patch on your shoulder say? It says, well... I'm a Round Rock police officer, and what does that badge identify you as? Well, it gives me my own personal, you know, number. We can analogize that to the Christian life, because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, we are sealed with it. It is like on our arm, almost like a song of Solomon says, put me on your arm, right? That we're identified as, as sealed with the Holy Spirit in heaven, and then we have an individual identity as children of God. So we have everything we need that are equipped for. And so how does the devil stop us from doing this? Convince us of, that our identity is lacking somehow, that we weren't good enough yesterday, that we sinned in the last five minutes, that we're not going to say the right words. And, and if he can keep us out of the arena, then he's going to win by default. Right. We've presented no obstacle. We've presented no challenge. It was as if Muhammad Ali never stepped into the ring with Joe Frazier and Joe Frazier would have won the thriller in Manila, right? And right. we would have never heard about that because Satan convinced us not to even enter the ring. And I think that's what he does with most believers is he just convinces us that, one, my pastor said God doesn't do that anymore because I can just read about it in the Bible, so he doesn't have to do it because I can just read about it. So God doesn't have to do that. Or two, yeah, you know, I prayed for someone and they died anyway. So therefore, it must not. There must be something wrong with me. Uh, I think all of those are are just bondages on the church because we have the words of everlasting life. Jesus said, "You mm-hmm. are." He said, "You are the city on a hill." He didn't say, "I'm the city on a hill." He said, "You're a city on a hill." Let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and give glory to God. Don't be a basket-headed Christian, right? A Christian with a basket. Of, of don't, don't hide your light under a basket. When we hide our light under a basket, it just shines on our own feet, and we can see ourselves, but we can't see anywhere else. And I just think that yeah. the church has done a really good job in getting us ineffective for various reasons. And I don't want to throw rocks to the church because it's the bride of Christ. This bride is God's Christ, girl, yeah. and I'm not throwing rocks to the church, but I'm saying, come on, run with us. There's more. We're going to show you what it looks like. This is available to every single believer. And, I mean, just this morning, Stephen, you were you sent me a text. You said, blood on the sword this morning, guys back healed at HEB. That's a grocery store down there in Texas, in the produce section. We've got yeah. about 10 minutes left in the show. So um, what happened this morning, and how can we all learn to grow in this more? Yeah, I was up early, uh, dropped my, my, my 16-year-old daughter off for her first day at her first job, and I'm heading back, uh, and I'm about to pull in the neighborhood. I'm like, oh, you know what? i got to go to the grocery store. So I walk in the produce section to pick up some, pick up some food, and uh, you know, I, I used to work in a grocery store, so the guy in the produce section is arranging everything, and he's kind of bringing everything up to the front and stacking it all nice. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go ruin his perfectly beautiful display by taking something like right out of the middle of it. <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, okay, I'm just going to grab something. I said, I don't want to. And it's just a normal conversation, right? A normal conversation of I don't want to ruin your display. He's like, oh, no, don't worry about that. I'm going to be here for a bit. Take anyone you want. And I was like, thank you for being so kind. Right? Okay. And, and, and I wasn't propping him up. I was saying thank you for his understanding, right? Thank you for being so kind. You know what? Can I pray for you right now? I want to pray for you because when I pray, Jesus listens to me. And and he and so I said, how could I pray for you? And he's like, oh, just general health. And I'm like, what about your health? you got any pain anywhere? So he said a statement. It invited a response from me. And I said, do you have any pain anywhere? He's like, yeah, I just kind of my, my back is just tight. And, and you know, I, I get it starts to hurt after a while. So we prayed first time. Didn't happen. I, 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 through my experience in doing this, I, I bring out the workout story. You just don't do rep one rep on a workout, and of course, no one disagrees with that. Yeah. And so I get the privilege to pray again, 
and we pray again, and he says, the pain's gone. And I, I was like, well, that's because Jesus loves you so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes back to doing his stuff, and I'm just moving the football down the field, allowing that gestated baby to grow a little bit more in the womb until the point at which God says it's time. Amen. And I love, I mean, there's so many teaching points there. One of my favorite ones is you just be normal. You just go to the grocery yeah. store and, you know, you just say something to the produce guy. Hey, I'm I'm really sorry. I got to take something out of here. It's a great display. I mean, you're just being kind. You started a mm-hmm. natural conversation, right? And then how did you pivot that to things of the Lord? Tell us that again. That it was, and that natural conversation was something that I would do anyway, right? So it's not a, I'm, I'm kind of like looking at everybody with a crosshair on it, right? Good. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's that I'm going to live my life as the Great Commission, as I'm going. So once, once he showed me and said to me, don't worry, I'm going to fill it back up, that was a kindness to me. Yeah. Right? And so my next step was he, in, he spoke to me kindly. I'm going to ask him if I can bless him by praying for him. That's it. Okay. And, and I've never, I've had people decline that, but it was never angry. And right. even if it was, yeah. that's not against me. So I don't have to take offense at that. I don't have to look at, you know, I'm not getting notches on my belt. I'm simply doing what God says through obedience. And so if I just chalk it up to that, I don't have to worry about the outcome. I don't have to think about anything down the road. Simply be obedient to God in this moment. Be obedient to God in the next moment. And let those stack together, and they're going to be part of God's you know, massively beautiful woven tapestry of my life yeah. and, and how he intersects with the lives of other people. So when it comes to obedience, I hear people say this periodically. They say, you know, when I am... Um, when my character is better, then I'll pray for people. You know, they put some some criteria on it of why they're not going to do it now. Oh, when mm-hmm. I learn a little bit more, when I read this book or go to this seminar, then I'll do it. And I, I equate that to people who say, well, when I get in shape, then I'll go to the gym. It's silly. We all, people have said that. When I'm in better shape, then I'll go to the gym. It's silly. We all know you're really never going to go to the gym then. So... What I've started to say to someone who says, you know, let's just say, well, when I get my life in order, then I'll pray for people. And I say, well, what gives gives you the right to put a criteria on obedience? And they sure. think about that. And I'm like, just because you don't like the assignment or you're no good at it doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Right? Well, and what if in doing it you get better? Right. What if right. in practicing you actually improve uh, kind of like my kids right so my wife through her beauty has homeschooled her kids in math and sometimes my kids in math are like oh well i know how to multiply that i'm like okay but doing it repetitively builds your skill mm-hmm. right and 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 that's that's what it is it's not just a one and done um god god chooses to condescend because he loves us so much and move through us and use us and that's 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 just an amazing aspect of our lives post post salvation, and to participate in that is one of the greatest greatest joys that I've been encountering for the last three plus years is to participate in those. And when those things happen, to get in my car and start shouting praises to the Lord at the top of my lungs. You know, we talk about this together a lot, and. I learned this actually from you. I think it's a great pro tip is that you told me that, you know, when you connect with someone, um, you'll just say to them, hey, um, when I drive away in a minute, I'm going to be praying for you. How can I pray for you? It's easy to do at a, at a you know, a Starbucks drive through or any kind of like drive through experience. You can say, hey, um, when I drive away, I'm going to I always pray for the person I met at the drive through window. How can I pray for you? And uh, it's a really smooth transition because they'll tell you and then you just drive away. And, you know, just on Saturday night, uh, I was at our roller rink and I was out front with one of my staff members. And this young man came up 
And, you know, we kind of, I don't know him, but he's apparently been there enough that some of my guys know him. So they introduced me to him. This is the owner and all that. And I met him and we talked for a minute or two. And as I'm walking away, I said, or I'm going to leave, I said, hey, man, I'm going to go. But hey, anytime I meet like a new person, I'm probably not going to see you again. I always pray for him. So I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to pray for you. How can I pray for you? And Stephen, he, he looks me in the eye and he says, can you do anything about all my demons? Wow. And I said, absolutely. Would you like to stop that internal monologue that's always in your head? And he says, nah, you know, actually, I, I kind of like it. Right? I mean, so yeah. and, and so the way we left that was I didn't get him in a headlock. And, you know, yep. dig into this whole, wait, you just said you had demons and you, you're really okay? I mean, because honestly, people that have demonic attack, they're used to it. They, they, it's almost like a, sure. a, a a mean bully that you know what he's going to do, so it's a comfort in some disgusting way. So, so what I said to him was, oh, man, well, let me just pray for you right now. So I told him I was going to pray as I drove away, but instead I just said, well, man, let me just pray for that right now. Can I have a landing strip? And I put my hand out, palm up, and I say, can I have a landing strip? And he puts his, they put their hand right in mine. And I just prayed quickly, and it sounded something like this. Father, you love, um, I'll just call him Rick. I don't remember his name exactly, but you had a Rick, so I'll call him Rick. Father, you love Rick. I thank you, Lord, that you love him so much that he's worth the blood of Jesus, that you're not mad at him about about anything, but Lord, you love him. So I ask you right now, Lord, to fill him with your presence, that he would know that you're good, that you have a plan for his life, and that, Lord, you are fathering him and carrying him. And then I had a quick word. The Lord showed me something about him, that he was in business or going to be in business, and he had a future in leadership in that. And uh, that was the end of my prayer. And, I, and I, so I said to him, I said, does any of that make sense? And he says, yeah, in fact, I'm just about to go call my boss because he's opening up like a new f- portion of our business and he wants me to run it. And I'm just over on going over to talk to him about it right now. So the Lord had just shown me that, that I had spoken back to him 30 seconds before, validating that God sees him and hears him. I didn't go back and dig into the, can you do anything about my demons thing? But you know what I did? I left him with, God loves you and he sees you and fill him with your presence, Lord. Yes. We've got about two more minutes, Stephen, and I would love it if you have just any final thoughts of encouragement for our listeners. And if you could quickly pray for our listeners uh, just for empowerment, more activation, whatever the Lord puts on you. Yeah, I would say... um the idea of the football analogy, the pregnancy analogy, be content to move the ball forward. You know, I see pregnant people all the time, and you, you're talking about that. What, what about your babies do right now, right? Um, Percentage-wise, you probably see and meet someone at the time of their birth less than 1% of the time in your life, right? Right. I mean, unless it's birth of your kids. But you do see lots of pregnant people. And so that would be our exposure to, like, I think, salvations versus the miraculous and loving on them. Be content to move the ball down the field as an obedient person without having to, you know, keep a score. And then you'll see it become normative in your life, and it'll be great. And you'll rejoice when God gives you the privilege to actually see someone saved, but you'll still rejoice whenever he gives you the opportunity to be on the field and involved in the play and to play a part. Amen. All right, well, we are almost done. So can you do it in 30 seconds, Stephen? Pray for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege to be in your kingdom and to be considered a child of God. And for the people listening right now that are your beloved children, I encourage them in Jesus' name, a more a revealing of your identity in their lives, uh, blessings in their lives, so that you make them aware of when you're prompting them. You give them boldness and encouragement to walk, to be completely activated for you. And we give you all the praise and glory for the outcome in Jesus' name. Thank you, Stephen, for being our guest tonight on the Firestorm Live broadcast. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm equipping ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us 
equipping the body of Christ for revival. You can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible. In our next episode, we meet Isaac Henderson. Isaac, top of his game, 19-year-old dynamic martial artist and athlete. But Isaac has a strange thing. One leg is a little shorter than the other. What's God going to do? You got to tune in and find out what God did in a moment.